Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livigno to Levy. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello folks, wherever you are, once again, this is the time when we have an intriguing episode of Livigno to Levy. And today we are going to talk about Visma Ski Classics, of course, the last season, the upcoming season, skiing in general, life, all kinds of things, because we have a really nice, wonderful guest two-time Vasalopet winner and the sprint pip holder, Lina Koskren from Team Ramutten. So good to have you here, Lina. And how's life in Sweden? You doing okay? Hello, it's uh, good to be here and uh, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's all good here in Sweden in order. So Lina, Last season, it was really interesting for you because you started quite all right, uh, and then you peaked at Kaiser Maximilian Love, great uh, race. Then you got sick and kind of had to build up again. And then Vasa Lopet came, and that was amazing performance. But when you kind of sum up the season and go by event by event, how would you analyze it? Yeah, it was uh, a good season, but uh, I think Livigno and Lavinosta was uh, it was okay, but not uh, not much more than and that. And I was, oh, should it not be better? And uh, and this because I felt I had a really good summer. And also, also the September, October, November was very good before the season. Then I feel really, really strong. And then I came to Lavinia and Venosta and was like, ah, I know I can do better, but I don't have the really, really good shape there. And I think it's also about the high altitude because um, I don't know, it it's it not fits me uh, the best. So. I did it okay, and uh, I mean, I was—I think I was number seven or number six, and of course, it—it good uh, places, but uh, because it's really, really good girls out there now, so you really have to do a really good race if you should be at the podium or if you should take a victory. So, but I think. When I was uh, at Lavinio and uh, Venosta, we were at the high altitude for like three weeks, I think, with a team. And uh, directly when I came home again to Sweden in Ore, I felt really, really good uh, shape. So I think uh, for the shape uh, at the Christmas and uh, after Christmas, it was really good with a uh, with a long uh, period high altitude. So do you think that that really helped you, the high altitude, to get what you needed? Yeah, I think so, because I had a special feeling when I came home from uh, from Italy. And uh, it's hard to say why, but I have a really good and strong feeling when I came home. And uh, I could do really good training at uh, the Christmas here in Ore. And uh, I also did a race here in uh, Oresvix Open with my, uh, who my husband is organizing. And uh, I did, uh, I mean, I have done this competition for like three or four years now, and it's always the same track. So you can uh, see the times year by year. And uh, I was not so long after, no forward after the, the guys. So, I mean, it was not only the feeling that I, was in good shape it was also in the result list <laughs> so what do you think about those races the ones that we have before the season because you mentioned the high altitude that's one factor but then also uh, they are kind of a shorter distances uh, prologues as they are yeah i think it's uh, <laughs> quite nice that it's not so uh, long uh, races uh, in the beginning of the season because uh, it came from the roller skiing and uh, should uh, do 
should do the skiing at the snow and it's uh, I think it's uh, more harder to do it uh, on snow and uh, I think three or uh, 30 or 40 kilometers is uh, it feels uh, quite long when you start the season but when you are in February it's not so uh, tough anymore so I think it's uh, a good start at the season to have a little bit shorter races for me but I don't know <laughs> what my uh, uh, yeah what the other guys is thinking how did you like La Venosta that was a new race and um, also pretty tough course yeah it was a very special race it was uh, <clears throat> it was really really tough I think of course the high altitude of course but also the tracks when you go lap by lap and uh, I don't know it was something also with the snow because it was so so slow and so so dry because it was uh, a special valley it was not so much snow um, sunny uh, at the days so it always was very cold snow so it was very very slow and then, of course, after that uh, came the Christmas break and you had that time to prepare, as you mentioned. And then Kaiser Maximilian Lauf. That was, once again, a really amazing performance. And it looked like at that time that you and Astrid Öreslin were really able to uh, beat and, and challenge uh, Britta. Then, of course, both of you got sick. But if you go back to Kaiser first. Uh, so mm, how, yes. did it, how did it go? How did it feel, you know, that race when, when he was so superior? Yeah, I hope uh, my <laughs> I hope that I should be still in sh good shape when I come to Seafeld because the Christmas has been really good. And but I felt um, when we start the race and it's quite tough and it's tough, tough start uh, at the um, yeah World Cup uh, tracks. And I uh, have always uh, struggled a little bit there uh, the last years, and I think. Uh, but I think when, yeah, the first minutes I feel really, really strong. And when Astrid did really, really hard up to the first point of the hill, uh, name Wilmos, uh, I have no problem to to go after her. And yeah, I feel felt there, and uh, this is a good day, and the body is still working, and uh, I didn't have plan when I was uh, yeah, after 10 or 15 kilometers that, that I this race I will win or I should win. Um, it was later on the race <laughs> that when I took uh, both the sprint uh, before Britta, uh, it's not so usually for me. So uh, yeah, I felt I must go for this. And how did you feel when the guys passed you and, and you just kind of, realized that there's a chance and you sped up and you and you were able to you know follow the guys you're pretty much with the lead back all the way to the uphills yeah uh i think it was when the big group of guys uh, catch us it was britta astrid and me and then uh, britta was uh, not yeah she couldn't follow the guys so it was um a kind of gap uh, in front of the guys so I don't know I just uh, I just got a moment in my head I must uh, try to catch them up again uh, before before the uphill on this flat part because uh, I feel really strong and if uh, Britta and Astrid couldn't um, go with the guys I must try to do it and then what went through your mind when you finished as the fastest skier and you won the race? Uh, it's always a very, very special feeling to to win a race and be the best uh, girl for the day. And um, I mean, when you are in such a good shape, it feels so easy. It's, try, it's hard to describe when you're not in shape uh, that it feels so easy. But of course, it's. I have not... Um, done so many victories uh, in the Vismaski Classic, but uh, when I have done it, it's a very, very special feeling. And then, of course, after that, you got sick. So, let's talk about that a little bit, you know, something when you kind of get sick, mm -hmm. uh, the men mental stress that you have to go through. Yeah. How did it, I mean, how did you, 
of course you felt you know terrible that goes without saying but how did you mentally prepare knowing that you just have to take it and take your time and then come back yeah it's hard it's really hard because the first day when you get sick you you try to say to yourself, oh, no, this this is not so this is not so much. Uh, I think it's only two or three days, then I could tra- start training again. <laughs> you always think that, and then it uh, it's two or three days later, and you feel hmm, this is not so good now. I think I have two or three days more before I can get back to training, and uh, you have uh, you talk to yourself like that uh, for a while. But I don't know, um, this time I was very calm because I know I was in good shape in CFL. I tried to stay calm and don't do something too early. I had a plan when I felt a little bit better. And this time it works. But sometimes it not works when you you have a race like Marcia Longa so early after sickness. Uh, but I think it was because I was in such a good shape before I get sick that my body was still strong. Uh, if I have not been in that good shape in CFL, I think it's have been harder to do good at Marcelonga. Speaking of that race, speaking of Marcelonga, did you feel at that time that, okay, I'm getting close, close to the same shape I was before the, before the sickness? I think it was not the same like CFL, but I think it was uh, really, really good after sickness. I always felt terrible after sickness. So I think it was good (laughs) uh, how it it can be. So I was satisfied with that uh, the day before. So just before Vasalopet, how did you feel? Were you then confident that now you are back in shape, ready to fight? and Or did it even surprise you that you were so, so good? I don't know. I think I did uh, Shevasan uh, one week before. I always do that. And it's um, uh, from Uxberg in Timura, the last 30 kilometers of Vasalopet. And uh, for us in Sweden, the girls is very big race for us also because it's only we have a girls competition it's not so you don't have that so often uh, so I mean it was me and it was Britta uh, who get a gap uh, to Ida Dahl and uh, Katarina Smutna and uh, we had a hard battle uh, I think it was till five five kilometers and from Mura and then Britta was stronger than me and uh, leave me <laughs> there. So I was number two after Britta in Shevasan one week before and I felt mm, it's good but it's not it's not it's not that good that I maybe will want to be or should be. But I mean it's uh, it's always uh, something at the last week before Vasalopet because. Uh, it's hard to explain, but the the body and your head is uh, going in in some um, special not situation, but uh, you're preparing. You know that you're preparing for something big, but uh, the body and the head is doing it by their own, and you couldn't couldn't always uh, put a finger on it. That's uh, well described. Uh, But then the Vasalopet itself, it was kind of an interesting race once again, uh, has been the case quite quite often (laughs) with Vasalopet. But can you just walk us through a little bit, you know, the the race itself from the beginning? (laughs) The first first, um, thing is uh, it was a lot of snow, uh, like it always has been now for the last year. So... I didn't see any problem with it was heavy snow, snow um, snowing at the start and the race. And um, when I tried the the first uphill uh, before the start, uh, it was a lot of snow in the tracks. And but I felt so strong. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is not problem. Uh, so I um, t- take my ski. Um, 
down to the start and uh, I haven't tested my competition ski before start because uh, my husband is always do that for me and the whole team but when I get my skis and yeah put it on on the start line I just uh, felt this this is really really good skis for this day and uh, yeah the it starts so good and uh, I was first on the climb and I have never been that before and uh, I think that was a really important thing to me that and show show for myself that uh, uh, I am here and this is my day I am first <laughs> up here in the in the climb and <clears throat> I think that was very very important for me and when you crossed the finish line did you realize that you actually made some Vasalopet history <laughs> yeah, you were no. <laughs> the, actually the best performance ever uh, by a female skier in terms of the overall results. No, actually, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> I I think I yeah I'm passing good guys, but um, uh, that uh, that uh, never hit me that I was so so um, yeah I was in the front of the men also so. It was really fun when they, they they told me that I was number 57 because I heard something that Britta had told um, the media, media uh, the days before that she wanted to be number 17, I think, 17. And I think, oh, shit, that's, uh, that's hard, <laughs> I think. And uh, yeah, I have uh, no, th no, no thinking about that. So it was uh, just... Uh, a good surprise when I crossed the finish line. Yeah, I think you actually crossed the finish line and finished together with Ilya Chernusov, you know, yeah. from uh, Lucas Bauer's team, yeah. who's a La Diagonella winner and a great, great skier. But certainly that was a performance that will be remembered. Yeah, and it was uh, very big and kind of him that uh, he wants that I should uh, cross the finish line before him. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a big moment. Uh, let's talk about Vasa a little bit since we are in, in, in that particular uh, topic right now because it is a special race. It's one of the one of the ground jewels. It is a historic race. Uh, it's very important for you guys in Sweden, but I think it's very big and important everywhere in the skiing world. Uh, but once again, what is kind of the essence of Vasa Why is it this this big, this sensational? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question to answer, but I think it's a lot of different parts. Um, I think the distance, it's uh, 90k. Of course, uh, in these days, it's not so uh, long anymore, but I mean, for like 20 years ago, it was a very, very long distance for many people. And um, yeah, it's a lot of history. Every Swedes want to go Vasa Lopez. I don't know. It's still that you want to do it uh, today. Also, it's it was it was not uh, twenty years ago that you want to go Vasa Lopez. It's still still um, a thing you want to achievement in your life. And uh, I don't know. It's always a feel. It's just uh, also a feeling that you. You cannot put your finger on it, right? Is it your favorite race, or I must say it's my favorite race because I think it's uh, fit me very well. Uh, the distance, the time uh, that we are having, like four hours or more, um, and it's um, it's hard for your body and mentally also. And I think that suits me very well. And of course, it's it's in Sweden and. Uh, yeah, it's the race that everyone uh, everyone have their top shape on this race, so you know that it's um, extra hard to to do it well. And I think it's uh, most likely the most important race, you know, for all of you guys every single year. But let's talk about Bisma Ski Classics itself. I mean, Vasalopet, of course, is is the crown jewel, the, the mm -hmm. biggest race. But it is a tour, usually with uh, 12 events. When you kind of think about the years that you've been part of this, mm. how would you kind of describe the uh, kind of the uh, development, the evolution that you've gone through in Bisma Ski Classics? 
Yeah, I think I I started in competition, I'll compete in Wismaski Classic uh, to 2015 or something. So I think they had, uh, when I came in, um, they have uh, done, uh, you have done a good job for five years. And I think it's uh, the last five years have been better for every year. And um, now it's so professional and uh, for us skiers who competing, it's, um, yeah, you know, it's a high standard and uh, every competition is good. And the organizers is always um, doing a good job. And uh, the whole Wismaski Classic is, uh, I think, you guys take step by step uh, so you you could um yeah you do you do really good job not only the competition the i mean the whole thing around it also i mean it's uh is are on a, a next level now for what it was when i start 2015 and the atmosphere also seems to be very uh, friendly, very family-like, because every time I talk to the skiers that come out from, from outside, from, for example, World Cup or uh, people that haven't really done that many Visma Ski Classics events are always kind of surprised by the kind of the warm atmosphere, cozy feeling. Yeah, I think uh, that uh, we and you have created something good and... Uh, I think it's always depend always uh, depend on the um, the hobby skier also because you are um, on the same start line and you do the same race and uh, you are humble because you are even if you don't go uh, as fast as us as professional skier you have the same race and I think uh, yeah you get humble for that and uh, that do something with the whole atmosphere also that it's so many people who do the same race and you know what yeah what that um, do with you after the race. So what is your opinion uh, about the uh, kind of the new development? You mentioned that we Bismarck uh, ski classes constantly evolves and new things come in. And of course, last year we had the Challengers series yeah. uh, and the point systems. Now we have our own ranking, my pages, uh, podcasts. These are pretty new things as, as well, uh, but particularly like the Challengers from your perspective because those are important for you as well, because you can go and get 50 points by winning a race. Yeah, I think it's really good because I think it, more people can be a part of Vismaski Classic. I think it's maybe it's a big step to go to the Alps and do like, yeah, competition like uh, Marcelonga or La Diagonella, but uh, it's not uh, that big step to do a challenger uh, race in your country. So I think it's really good because more people can be a part of Vismaski Classic. And I think uh, it's many people who want to be a part of that because uh, they think it's a really, really good uh, thing to be a part of. And then what about skating race? We tried that once. Uh, Engadin was part of a Vismaski Classics. Yeah. Uh, not last season, but the year before. Yeah. Uh, but there are pros and cons. Some people like it. Some think that we shouldn't have uh, skating at all. But what is your... I think it was really good that we tried that uh, for one season. And uh, but I, when I <laughs> uh, was there and I done it one week before after Vasalopet, um, I think it was uh, yeah we have done it now and we don't have to do it again, <laughs> if you ask me, because uh, now I only do the double pooling training, sometime classic, but I'm done not do the skating training anymore, and it's very nice to just have one thing to focus on and it's um i think it was a friend uh, to mine to describe uh, it's like uh, you put um, cross-country riders to uh to uh, to the france it's not the same it's not the same thing now 
because we do this double pooling, the classic races, and to put in, in just one skating races is, I think it's now. We not have to do that <laughs> again. But we have tried, and it was really good to try. That was a good segue to the kind of the next theme we have, which is a training and double polling, and of course you as a skier. Lena, training. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, with Max Novak, who is a part of your team, uh, he had some interesting ideas. Uh, about training. First of all, he said that he mainly uses roller, roller skiing and really mm. fast skis. He doesn't mm. do that much running, strength training, uh, things like that. And I know that you guys have or taking kind of your influence or training motivation uh, tips, you know, from, from the cycling world. You have a cycling coach. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your sort of analysis on perfect training? Yeah, I disagree with Max. I think you should train uh, on that you you should competing. I mean, why should you do something else? Uh, but um, of course, you also have to. Yeah, sometimes you cannot only do roller skiing skiing because you have a problem with some injuries. Uh, injuries, and uh, so of course I want. Um, I also do a lot of roller skiing and a lot of double pulling because, like I said before, I don't do skating anymore because, uh, yeah, I have no race in skating, so I don't think I (laughs) must do the skating part. But, um, yeah, I disagree with Max there. And, of course, we have the same coach also, so maybe it's because that also. (laughs) What kind of a training training methods you use nowadays compared to what you used to do in the past? How much have you changed because of the new coach and so so forth? Yeah, I think Max uh, described it very well in in his podcast that we do often long session, uh, three to four hours, and then we put um, a lot of uh, intervals in that uh, long, long session. And... Um, yeah, I think I have done it before also, but uh, now it's more I have a plan and um, I have day by day what I should do. And uh, for me, that's a little bit uh, new new again because I have that before. But the last uh, three, four years, I have to do the training after yeah, my own head and uh, not have it on the paper. I have... Uh, I have um, decided the day before what I should do tomorrow and like that. And now I know the week before <laughs> what I should do next week. So it's uh, a little bit new for me, but I all also like it a lot because um, it's not so stressful now for me what I should decide by myself, what I should training and uh, like that. When I uh, did the podcast with Ida Dahl, she was a bit surprised uh, about the, the, the change from uh, training two, day, uh, two times a day to one. Do, do you also do the same? And do you think that that's the, kind of the most effective way of training, to do one long, longer session instead of two shorter ones? Mm, I have tried both ways. Uh, the last year I have always, um, yeah, I think I have done most... Uh, most uh, one one training session per day uh, but um, it's like uh, our coach say also Matthias Rick that uh, <laughs> he think uh, yeah you can do two times a day it's not that but it's if you it's uh, it's more uh, nice day before you if you have a long training session and then you are finished at for the day um, so you could uh, rest after one session and you don't feel stressful because you should uh, you always um you just have two or three hours and then you should go out and training again uh, of course you can do that but uh, like he said it's uh, much more nice for the athlete to just have uh, one session and you have more time for your for your family i think that's what like yeah darling and those guys yeah, have been exactly. doing for a long time and their reasoning was the family time yeah, or if you should work with a team. <laughs> exactly. But let's talk about the actual uh, training sessions or your favorite sort of workouts or the things that you do do 
like to do the most? Yeah, my uh, favorite session is double pooling at uphills. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, long uphills here in Åre, like uh, four or five kilometers. So if I go intervals, I do it often in the uphills. And if I do long session uh, for for five hour, hours, I also do it. I can go one flat part, but then I always take an uphill and then I go flat parts again, I like that. Uh, I don't know, but I think it's really good for the strength um, as a double pooler <laughs> to do a lot of uphills because of course you can train your strength at the gym, but I think it's better to do it on uphills because um, that's more specific. Was it a good answer? <laughs> yes, I mean it's. I'm mean, just thinking about it actually because I know that a lot of you guys do that quite a lot. But then again, you also need to do really fast-paced skiing yeah, yeah, on flats course. because yeah. like much along, much longer. You only have yeah. the last uphill, but other than that, it's really fast-paced double pulling. So you do that as well, I assume. But I think we, of course, you should do also the fast, uh, the fast uh, training, and I also do that, of course. Um, but uh, that I do at the flat parts, of course, but we don't have so much flat parts here uh, in order. But I think that um, that kind of training is really good to do at the ski erg, uh, that you can do really high speed uh, training at the, the ski erg. Uh, and then what about uh, the strength training? How much do you do that? Besides, oh, you just mentioned the uphills, but you do, yeah. do you use gym. Yeah, I think it's really good for the the small smaller muscles to do the gym and um, the core training, of course, uh, but also with uh, yeah some heavier and explosive uh, strength. I think it's good, especially when you come close to the season. It's really good to do uh, yeah train <laughs> train explosive and. Uh, past the muscles at the gym, of course. And then what about running? Max wasn't really that keen on running, but of course there are so many skiers that still run a lot and are good runners. Yeah, I think the running is really good. It's really good for your heart and it's really good for the whole body. And I mean, like a double pooler, you need also good legs. Uh, I think I can be more tired in my legs when I double pulling a race sometimes when and my arms so I think the running is really good I mean it's uh, this summer I have not do so many running sessions because I have some problem with my back but here at the mountains is uh, really really nice to do a lot of running and I think you also have to train with your head uh, when if it's nice you should always uh, you should do it also because uh, the training should be fun also you cannot you cannot only do one thing because you think that's the best it's you have to do like running or biking sometimes also because um, you should be happy of course it's always fun to do double pulling but it's good to change sometimes also speaking of cycling or biking do you do that <laughs> yeah, I do that. Uh, of course, uh, I have uh, done it the last years sometimes, but uh, this summer I have uh, <laughs> done it every day because, uh, like I say, uh, like I said, I have some problem with my back. And uh, two months, I think I spent this summer on my bicycle. So, yeah, I know <laughs> I can bicycle now, and I'm. <laughs> little bit tired of it but um now now my my back is good again so now i do roller skiing so you don't think that your back injury or your back is preventing you from having a good season that you were able to get the trainings by by, by cycling that you wanted wanted to i don't think so and i don't hope that uh, of course it's uh, it's not funny to be to have problems uh, with the uh, stuff uh, like that uh, but um, of course you have to do the best of the situation and I have uh, been very glad that I could training that I have could do something I have not been sick uh, I have 
I have been out there, I have done my session, I have done my intervals, and of course it's, uh, it has be been uh, more uh, good if I have could do it on double pulling, but I mean, I'm 32 now and I have do double pulling for like much uh, double pull training for the last five or six years. And uh, it have been uh, different if I was 23 and I have to do double pulling to be stronger, but I think I'm quite strong now. So I don't think it should be a problem for the season. Kind of continuing that uh, train of thought, you know, how would you describe yourself? as a skier, kind of your strengths besides being a good double polar and perhaps the weaknesses or things that you may need to improve on? Mm, yeah, uh, I think I'm really strong when it's long races like Vasa Lopet or Marcia Longa or that kind of races so it's 70 kilometers or more. And uh, I think it's really good that I have the sprint in me also. I could do, yeah, I can be really, really fast when I want it. And um, we can see more and more that you have to, to be fast in this long di distance skiing because, uh, yeah, it's not that we have the same speed in 90 kilometers. You have to do a lot of uh, different speeders. So I think I think that is my biggest strength that I, I could do long races and I have uh, a good speed. Anything you need to improve on? Uh, uh, I think maybe it's, uh, yeah, like uh, the tougher races like uh, Birken and Reista. I mean, Reista is uh, really extremely and uh, last time I did it, I did it on double pulling because I don't think I'm so good at the diagonal anymore. And so, but I always show at the Seafeld uh, that I'm, I could do well at, at the tough course also. So it's hard to say, but I think it's a little bit weakness to do the double pulling when it's very, tough race when um, some girls is going with the kickbacks it's uh, harder for me and you also mentioned sprinting and congratulations you are actually uh, the sprint bib holder and the, that uh, the winner of that competition but was that an important thing for you uh, over the season to get the bib mm, i should say yes and no it was uh, not that in the beginning of the season I always, I have, I have started in green very many times, but I have never owned it uh, because it's always have Britta who, who have owned it, but I have been number two, so I have started it. So, I mean, I, I know I'm fast and um, I decide after the Christmas that uh, if I am there at the sprint, I should go for it. Uh, but uh, if I'm not there, it uh, yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> so, but uh, see, I felt I took um, the both sprint, and uh, when it was two sprinter sprinters sprinters um, at um, La Diagonella, and I was sick, I was like shit. Uh, this is gonna be tough because uh, you need to take those points if you want to win a jersey uh, but uh, I, me and Britta I think uh, both of us <laughs> want the green bib because we really we really fight for it I mean in, I think it was in Torblash it was a sprint after 5k or something and uh, we really 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 was going for it and uh, yeah I mean it costs some energy but uh, I was very glad for that after Vasa Lopet, uh, when I had the green jersey, because it's uh, it's yeah, it was something special feeling to actually own a jersey. I have never done it, and uh, yeah, it was really really nice. And now you need to defend it, you know, for yeah. the next <laughs> season, and also yeah, fight for the yellow. Do both. Yeah, I have um, the yellow jersey. I always say it's you have. 
you have to stay healthy if you should do take the yellow jersey in otherwise you you can't take it and uh, yeah this season i have uh, one race that i didn't uh, done so it was not so easy uh, but uh, of course if i stay healthy the next season and i'm strong maybe i can be there um, uh, it's uh, it's tougher to to take the the yellow bib yeah speaking of the bibs i think it's a good time to listen to the other bib holders uh, the other cat- category winners and find out what they think about you My name is Britta Johansson Norgen and I'm a skier in Visma Ski Classic. Lina Korsgren is one of the most impressive skiers out on the tour. She always uh, knew how to find a really good uh, shape to the Vasaloppet and uh, the really long races. She's really, really strong when you have to go for four hours and more. And I also think she's uh, she's really brave. She she still believed in uh, double polling all the race, even if everyone said that the woman can't do it. So I think she's a really good uh, role model for all the younger girls. And uh, I'm impressed that she can skiing and have her own uh, professional team. Hi, my name is Ida Dahl and I compete for Team Ramadan, which Lina herself was involved in starting. I would describe Lina as a calm and secure person with both feet on the ground. Someone to rely on and who is always looking after us youngsters. In the ski track, she is a person who rarely falls down and it takes a lot of good rid of a skier like Lina, with a wheel of steel and a maximum speed higher than many others. So, Britta and Ida, it seems to me that they both uh, consider you as a really great athlete and a strong athlete, of course. And Britta said pretty much what you, how you described yourself as well, that you are really strong in long distances. But how does it feel when someone like Britta really puts you on a pedestal? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really nice to hear and... uh... I mean, me and Britta respect each other very much and we start with uh, long distance skiing at the same year. And uh, yeah, we have done a lot of competition uh, with each other and it's very nice to hear that, uh, yeah, she respects me. Speaking of that a little bit, because you do so many races together and as you said, you respect each other, but how does that work on, on the tracks when you compete, you know? Do you work together sometimes or do you guys talk about anything? I know there's not really that much much to talk about when you're racing, but but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it depends uh, on uh, Jeserska this year. Uh, me and Britta get a gap uh, to the other girls and then we try to talk each other and uh, yeah, kind of um, work work to uh, for each other and to each other because we didn't want that the other girls uh, should um, come back to us uh, but if, of course it depends how the race is doing and uh, yeah how your shape is and uh, kind of that yeah so since Britta described you as a skier how would you describe her I mean, uh, it's uh, so impressive that uh, she have uh, has um, win so many races. I know, I know how hard it is to win a race, and uh, she has uh, done it so many times. And uh, I think that is so impressive. And then Ida. Uh, said that you are a really good supporter. You guys in the same team. We're going to talk about the team pretty soon as well. But uh, she really uh, appreciates the fact that you take care of them. <laughs> you and, and, your, and your husband, Gustav. Yeah, I try to do my best. Um, I will not be like a mom for them. But uh, I try to 
talk to them and describe the, the different uh, races and uh, what they should think about and uh, what you can think about before the race and uh, think like uh, stuff like that. Uh, but I think Ida is, um, I mean, she's young, but she knows what she wants and I don't have to tell her so much. She has uh, her own um, plan. Uh, what uh, she wants to do and how she should do it. So, yeah, she's really focused. Were you surprised by her great performances, her success? I was because uh, I think she she started like me in Livigno and Venosta. It was a good race, but it was not the, the best races uh, for her either. So when uh, she always... Uh, really did a good performance in uh, CFL. I was a little bit surprised, but I know I have heard that, uh, yeah, when she was younger, that she was really strong. And uh, yeah, she showed me that at CFL. And after that, um, I'm not surprised every weekend, but that she was so good the whole season after Christmas, that surprised me. Maybe I think she thought she should do one or two good races, but I think it was a lot of good races. And she's not the only young, uh, great rising star in your team. You also have Max Novak, uh, Jenny Larsson and, and uh, Lövgren as well. So you, you have a great team. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I'm so thankful that we have found it, these athletes and... Uh, yeah, uh, I can see that everyone are um, they they gonna achieve their uh, goals one day, and uh, it's uh, so funny to see and uh, inspiring for me also that they are so motivated and um, focused, and uh, they know what they want, and uh, they know how they how they should reach it also. So I'm very proud of them. <laughs> and what is your goal for the for the next season? I mean, the whole team. What are your official goals? Mm, our goal for the whole team is uh, defend uh, pink bibs. Uh, and uh, also that we can take some more bibs. And uh, we want to be top three in the in the team competition. And I think uh, we can reach that if we have a good season. And then, of course, your personal goals. I pretty much know what you're going to say, but still, I'm going <laughs> to ask you. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's always to do good in Vasalopet. And uh, ah, it's uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, that I'm going to say I've won, I want to win Vasalopet once again because I have done it two times and it's an uh, incredible feeling and uh, yeah I get high when I think about that and uh, I want to do it again and um, if it's gonna be this year or the year after we will see but I I should uh, work for it uh, it's gonna be this year but we will see and of course, you want to dethrone uh, Britta and be the queen of this uh, sport, correct? Yeah, of course. But I think, uh, yeah, but of course, I want to be the, the queen of the long distance skiing. But I think the last year we are, uh, we are many strong girls uh, who, <laughs> who is uh, the princess after Britta. And uh, I think that is good also. I think. It's a lot of pressure on Britta when uh, when people say that she's the long distance queen and things like that. And uh, of course, she she is that, and uh, she have taken the yellow bib for I don't know how many years it is now, but uh, of course she is that. And um, but I think we under Britta is uh, really satisfied to be there. We are also. 
Yeah, she has five consecutive uh, victories. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. It is amazing, but it yeah. will be a tough, tough year because uh, next season, if you stay healthy, uh, Astrid stays healthy, and uh, young ones that we just talked about, and we have some new faces stepping in. Uh, a word about those a little bit. Of course, Marit Björgen, a yeah. lot of uh, discussions, <laughs> discussions uh, uh, been out there about that and, and her comeback, but, and particularly Vasa Lopet, that is kind of your realm. Uh, yeah. How do you how do you feel about her comeback? I think it's really really fun that she wants to go Vasa Lopet and try to win it because uh, yeah we are many girls who want that now and uh, it's good for the sport and it should be really really fun to compete to her. I have never uh, maybe I have done it sometimes but uh, I think it's a big honor to to fight at the same victory uh, like her. And I think also we have, yeah, Lin Samskar um, is uh, also going to be hard to beat this season because I think she's going to be really strong also. And like you say, Astrid, is uh, she showed last season that she's really, really strong in in the some races or, yeah, all all races that she she was helping so i think it's gonna be a very tough season and the young young girls also i mean i have tried train a lot now with the ida and jenny and jenny is uh, showing us a really really strong uh, shape so um <laughs> it's gonna be tough it will be tough, and Teresa Juhauk's name is on the list as well. Although we don't know which races he's going to do, but maybe some. So it'll be it'll be an interesting year. But uh, next we're going to talk about you, uh, your life, and and your childhood, and you as a person. Not that much about the ski skier anymore. Going back to your childhood, how would you uh, describe yourself? As a child, uh, yeah, me as a child, I was very shy. <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, I did uh, gymnastic and skiing. And when I was younger, I was also a little bit lazy, and I didn't um, like to do so much practicing and. Uh, I liked more to be with my friends and just hang out. And then what about the school? Were you like a good student? And uh, then after the elementary school, middle school, high school, so forth? Yeah, I think I was, I was okay in the school. I Some subject, subject I was better in, but I, of course I liked um, the sports in school and... Uh, I start the ski gymnasium in Torsby when I was 16 years old. And I think that was a very important thing to me to do because if I have decided me to go to the ordinary school back at home in Falun, I don't think I have done this podcast with you today. I think I should be an ordinary girl who did something, something yeah, else. I don't think I should be, had to be a skier if I didn't have the ski gymnasium. Every weekend I did some activity uh, competition in skiing or in gymnastics. So uh, I haven't so much time for other things uh, after school. It was uh, school and then it was uh, practicing with uh, gymnastic or skiing. So it was not so much time for other things. So at that time, when you were at the, uh, that spe- special high school, did you uh, realize that skiing will be your career? I should not say that, because when I started ski gymnasium, I I didn't know what uh, hard training was. I, I got the plan for the summer when I should start the school, and it was like 10 hours at week and I was like uh, how should I do that <laughs> how should I <laughs> how should I do 10 hours training at one week and so I learned a lot of uh, training when I when I was there under four years and for every year 
I realized that if I do this well, I can be good at it. Um, at the last year at the ski gymnasium, I, I had a goal to do the junior world championship and uh, I did it also. So that was also important for me that uh, show for myself that if I had a, a goal I, and I, I did hard work to reach it. But after I quit the, quit the gymnasium, I didn't know if I should become a professional uh, skier. But I, I have to take year by year and step by step and uh, become better and better. And um, I think that's my, it's my success, su- success uh, that I, yeah, I have to take it year by year. And, and you also... Step. And you also participated in in some World Cup uh, races early on. Yeah, some World Cup races, but not so much. Uh, I think it was some sprint uh, race. Uh, The last I did, I think, was 2015 before uh, the the same season uh, that it should be World Championship in Falun. And that was the main goal for me to take uh, me to the sprint in uh, in Falun because I, I I was born and raised in Falun. So I really want to to do the World Championship there. And uh, it was the main goal for me, but I didn't reach it. So after that season, I decided to only do the long distance skiing. And how did that happen? I mean, it, this must something must have happened that you kind of changed your mind, and or was it there in the back of your mind all the time, the long distance skiing? Mm, I think it was because I didn't uh, I didn't get uh, so good that I wanted to be. I was good, but it was not so good that I could do World Cup every weekend, and I did the national. Uh, competition and Scandinavian competition but uh, I didn't think it was so funny anymore to do this kind of races Uh, and um, when I get the opportunity to try long distance skiing with uh, the girls team ski program it was uh, uh, it was not that I said yes from the start on that Either, but it was so. Uh, actually, it was Gustavs who who said to me, "You can try it, and if you like it, you can uh, you can do it. But if you don't like it, you can you can also do the the sprint and the 10k and kind of that. But I don't know. It was something new, and uh, that starts to motivating me to to do yeah to do the Vismaski Classics. So do you remember your first long-distance ski race and how did it feel? I think, yeah, it was in Livigno, I think. I think it was in Livigno. And me and Britta decided us to to do the double pooling. Uh, and it was uh, no one who believes us when we should do the double pooling because it was the long track up in the valley and it was quite tough. Um but yeah, uh, it's hard to describe. You you like it, but it's also very very tough and long. And uh, but I think it's the feeling when you cross the finish line. You you like, of course, you like it when you're out there also. But it's uh, yeah, it's very tough. You just mentioned your husband Gustav and a while ago that he in- encouraged encouraged you uh, uh, when you kind of were pondering about long distance skiing, but. How did you guys meet? How did, did he just waltz into your life, or <laughs> what's the story story behind it? Yeah, uh, Gustav has also been a professional skier, uh, but um, yeah, we were at the same time at the Tour de China uh, for like I don't know now for maybe seven or eight years ago. And uh, yeah, we met, we met each other there at the Tour de China in uh, at the competition when we were there and the races. Uh, I think he had quit her his career, but uh, he was there and uh, did the competition because he think it was fun and some vacation for his ordinary job. 
So was it a lump at first sight? Yeah, for me it was like that. <laughs> but you must ask him also. <laughs> so how does it feel to work with him? Because now you're in the same team and you, and you work together. And you mentioned earlier that he really takes care of you and your skis and the whole team actually. Uh, but kind of the working relationships. Is it is it good that your husband is there? Or is it sometimes a little bit stressful as well? Because you spend so much time together. I think we have taken this step by step with the team and the, the competition thing. I, I did my own thing uh, many years because, uh, before uh, he was with me. Um, then he starts to to be be with me at the competition in Ski Pram and then with um, Lucas Bauer when I comp- competed for him and then I also do competed, competing for Thomas Alsgård's team and uh, he was there and yeah helped at me and the team and vexing me and the team skis so after Thomas Alsgård decided to quit uh, his team uh, we decide to try to build our own team, and uh, I think, like I said, we have uh, we have take this step by step, and we have uh, had a a plan and a main goal. We had a vision that we wanted to have young skiers in our, our team because we think it's really important to to give the, them uh, the chance. And I think that is because that we want to give back to the sports because we have been there by our own, uh, the both of us. So I think we have uh, or we have the same vision with the team and uh, what we want with the team. And I think you have definitely succeeded uh, in your vision. Uh, And also Gustav seems to be an excellent waxer. Because you guys always have a good skis, and that's even what Max said. You know that he had perfect skis every time. But what else is is he good at? Um, he's good at many things, but uh, he is very dedicated, and uh, he knows uh, what hard works is. And uh, he wants that things should be really, really good and uh, structured. Well, Struct- structured. Yeah, yeah. He knows what he wants, and he's really um, he. Uh, I don't know what to say, but yeah, he's yeah, good. He's, he's good. He, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he strikes me as a very peaceful and calm person. But does he ever get, you know, angry, or does his nerves ever wear thin? Uh, he said that he is uh, nervous in front of the race, but he never told me that. Uh, but I can, of course, I can see it on uh, on his face sometimes. But um, he has also a poker face, so <laughs> I'm glad for that also in some situation. But then I should say say before that he is very clear what uh, what he wants and uh, he is good to to say that to the to the whole team so what kind of a future do you want to build with this poker face <laughs> i think uh, we have the same goal now with the team that we should do um, this for the the becoming years here uh, we have a uh, signed a new contract with uh, Ramadan and for two years and uh, of course we hope for more uh, in the future but we will take these two years and uh, do it as good as possible and of course uh, we should enjoy it it's very important for us and that we should have fun and that we should uh, yeah when we are on the competitions and on the different places, uh, like in Switzerland or in in Italia or in uh, Norway, we should enjoy it in and uh, have fun together. Not me, only me and Gustav, uh, the whole team. And then, what about after your skiing career? What's going to happen then? 
when you're done with skiing because the day will the, the day will come yeah 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 of course the, that day will come um i don't know i hope i can i can um uh, week that we continue to build a good and strong team and that we have uh, new athletes in our team uh, from norway and sweden and maybe finland also ramudan wants us to have a uh, different uh, different people from different country because they are in different countries like uh, yeah uh, Norway and Finland and uh, England and yeah and of course i hope uh, we stay healthy in our family and that we that we, we became a whole family with children and uh, everything and uh, yeah that we that we have a good life together I think it's a really good point to uh, start wrapping up this uh, podcast, but a couple really quick, uh, short uh, personal things uh, that you can answer pretty briefly. Uh, your favorite movie? I'm so terrible at movies. <laughs> I, I'm much better on uh, series on uh, Netflix. Uh, then, we'll, then we'll take that one, your okay. favorite uh, Netflix uh, series. Narcos, Narcos. <laughs> uh, nar- oh, Narcos. Uh, I think that was really, really good. And uh, yeah, it's uh, some years now, but I think that was a really, really good one. Very different from skiing, the skiing world. Yeah, but I think that is why it's good because it's a whole different world world from my world. So it's uh, it's nice to see something, something else. And nothing to relate to. Uh, then your favorite... Um, band, song, or artist? Oi, uh, I say like Max uh, say, it's a <laughs> boring answer, but I listen to very different kind of music. I listen to hip-hop, I listen to pop, uh, I listen to old music, uh, so... My favorite thing on Spotify is that uh, when um, Spotify create different lists for me, what I'm listening to. So it's getting a good mix of things. And the greatest country you uh, visited? I think that must be Switzerland or France. I like France on the summer, so I say France. Best food? I love taco. Best drink? Uh, I love water. <laughs> it's so boring, but I love. I, I drink so much water every day, so I must say water. And then finally, who was your idol or inspiration when you were young? Ha! <sighs> it's so hard to answer on because uh, it's so cheesy to say that, but I have really. <laughs> Uh, music group and it was uh, Spice Girls I love them well good good thank you very much uh, Lena I think this is, that's it now and uh, it was really great talking to you and I really think that you will be uh, you will be really good next season you will do amazingly well keep training and let's hope that we'll get a great season thank you very much and thank you for having me it was a pleasure for me also This podcast is a W Sports Media production.